So good. Well, listen, hey, good morning, everybody. Good morning. Great to see you guys. Welcome again this morning to New Life Church. want to say good morning to all those who may be watching, participating with us online today. Um, we're we're going to get into uh, the Word for us today. We're going to continue with our series uh, that we've been in called Prayers. Uh, we've been looking at different um, different types of prayers. Uh, from We looked at uh, bold prayers to start this thing off at the beginning of the month. Uh, we've looked at dangerous prayers and what that entails. And, uh, and we're we, uh, going to do part two of humble prayers today. Uh, we started off a couple of weeks ago with this one on humble prayers. We're going to pick up where we left off the second half of that. And so I'm going to invite you to look at uh, Psalm 139. Psalm 139 is where we'll be here in just a few minutes. But um, we want to uh, set it up a little bit today with part two of Humble Prayers. I've titled it, The Prayer of No Pressure. The Prayer of No Pressure. Yeah, no pressure. Not like, uh, you know... you ever maybe said this, or maybe you've heard someone say, man, I am just under a ton of pressure right now. Anybody ever said that, or maybe you know, heard someone say, I am just under a ton of pressure right now. Well, here's the thing. The, the, I read this the other day. The atmosphere is literally pushing down at 14.7 pounds per square inch, which means that every square foot is under approximately 2,100 pounds of atmospheric pressure. So yeah, literally we are under a ton of pressure. You don't feel it per se, but really we are under a ton of atmospheric pressure. And although we are under a ton of atmospheric pressure, there's no doubt in life we feel and experience real life pressure. Anybody ever been under pressure? Yeah, I keep thinking of that old Queen song. Under pressure, pushing down. Amen. Anyways, um, but we are all under pressure. And I want to look at today on how how we can learn to cope with not, not... When I say cope, I don't mean like accept it and like, you know, wear it. But I mean like walk through it, channel it, navigate it, and, and get through it. How do we cope with the pressure that we feel surrounding our life and our purpose that God has given us. And, you know, we, we all have a purpose to live for, every single one of us. And, but at the same time, with that purpose, we also experience different types of pressure. We, uh, we have various um, pressures that, that, that are applied to our life. Our, people apply pressure to our life. Uh, we apply pressure to ourselves. Uh, we uh, experience a pressure spiritually through, through, through the enemy. And uh, those things are all real. And we all have different roles in, that we play, different seasons of life that we're in that, that kind of create different uh, places in life that have come with it, pressures in life. As a parent, uh, there are pressures. As, 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 a, as a teenager, there, there are pressures. Uh, as, a, as a co-worker, as, a, as an employee, uh, there are pressures uh, that we deal with and face. Maybe, if, maybe as a boss, your boss, there are pressures that, that you're under. Um, maybe, maybe as a spouse, there, there are uh, marital pressures uh, that exist there. 
Um, maybe you're a caretaker to someone. There's, there's pressure that applies there. Um, you name it, whatever role we, we are in and whatever season of life we may find ourselves in, we're going to deal with pressure. And th- th- those places that we serve in are attached to the purpose uh, for which God created us. And, and I want to look, to set this up, uh, you can look, follow it on the screen with me. It's 2 Corinthians 4. Paul introduces this and highlights this idea of, of how pressure is tied to our purpose. And he says this in 2 Corinthians 4.1. He says, because of God's mercy, we have been entrusted with the privilege or the purpose of the new covenant ministry. And he says, and we will not quit or faint with weariness. In verse 5, he says, this purpose is, we don't preach ourselves, but our purpose is to preach the lordship of Jesus Christ. And he writes, I have this purpose to preach Jesus, but with this purpose, there also comes this pressure that's attached to it. Uh, But he said, I I want you to know I'm fully committed to this purpose. I'm not going to quit, and I'm not going to faint through weariness. And if you read about Paul's trials and tribulations, the dude had every reason to be like, you know, God, I'm going to take a a five-year, ten-year sabbatical from this thing because I have been put through the ringer. Anybody ever feel like that sometimes in your life? I've just been put through the ringer. And I'm like, this purpose I'm, you got me signed up for, I think I want to step back from it. I, I think I want to kind of take a break from this because it's a little more than what I bargained for. And most of the time it is, uh, but God, does, it does not replace his goodness and his, his acute awareness to the fact that he, who he calls he qualifies, and who he qualifies, he will shine himself and show himself through and to for what he has you for. And he goes on, he says that we feel this pressure because of verse 7. He says, we're like common clay jars that carry this glorious treasure within us. In other words, we're fragile. As strong as we might be, man, as determined as we might be, as, as whatever, as, as the resolve we might have, there's still a measure of us that is susceptible to being hurt that is susceptible to being broken, that is susceptible to being let down, that is susceptible to being disappointed, that, to, that is susceptible to all of those types of things and discouragement and you name it, whatever, whatever can follow in that. There, that, that he said, we're going to feel it. We're going to feel this pressure on our life because that's who we are. We're clay jar. We're like clay jars. But inside this clay jar is Jesus. Inside of us is this treasure. Inside of us is all of the greatness of God living in us, wanting to be expressed out of our life. And he says, we have this purpose. In verse 8, he says, though we experience every kind of pressure, he says, we are not crushed. We are not crushed. So though we feel pressure, Paul says, look, we're not going to be crushed. We will not be crushed. He says, and at times, we don't know what to do when I have the pressure of not knowing what to do in my life and in this, in this purpose for which I'm here for. He's like, you know what? Quitting is not an option. I don't know what to do sometimes, but quitting is not an option. Verse 9, he says, we are persecuted by others. I'm, though I face the pressure of others against me, others who don't get me, others who are not for me. What's he say? God has not forsaken me. God has not forsaken me. And I can't imagine this, but if it happened, I just wonder what 
how we would react if every person in the entire world that we knew suddenly became against us, would we still cling to God is still for me? Jesus did. Jesus did. His closest ones. John 6, 6, 6. Elder James brought that up last week. That verse says something like, and then all these people, disciples, stopped following Jesus. They began to leave him. And yet he still clung to, God was still for him. Then he goes on, he says, hey, what about the pressure of getting knocked down? Anybody ever been knocked down before? I don't mean like, you know, pushed over, but like you feel knocked down, like your, your spiritual wind is knocked out. Like, I can't, I, like, man, I'm finding it very difficult to manage to spiritually breathe and have faith right now for, for what I'm dealing with. And he's like, what if the pressure of getting knocked down? He goes, yeah, I might get knocked down, but I will not be knocked out. I will not be knocked out. Uh, the, the Bible says in uh, Proverbs that though a righteous person may fall seven times, he will rise again. They will get back up more than the times they fall down. He said, although I get knocked down, I will not be knocked out. In other words, Paul's not afraid to get in the mix. He's not afraid to mix it up. And I'm not talking about physically fighting, physically altercation, the physical altercations. The spiritual purpose for which God created him for automatically brings pressure. Automatically brings pressure. And all of us experience pressure. And so how do we deal with that? How do we, how do we deal with this pressure that surrounds our purpose? Well, we could either run from it. We could um, ignore it. We could forsake it, kind of like Jonah. We talked about him a couple of weeks ago, how he tried to do that. You can run from your purpose, try to hide from it, try to ignore try to pretend it doesn't really exist. Or, or what we could fear our purpose in the sense that we, we fear, you know, failing. We fear letting people down. We fear not measuring up. We fear of making mistakes. Usually when we live in that category, we end up really just living for ourselves. We're just kind of riding the fence line, so to speak. And we just kind of live to just get by, not make a difference for anything of God, but yet at the same time, not draw too much attention to ourselves from the enemy. And you know what? That's exactly, the enemy could care less if you're dead or not, in the sense of if, you don't, if you're not a, a person who's pursuing the purpose God has for you, he's got you. He's one. He don't care. He's good. And that's kind of where that is. Man, I'm afraid I'm not going to be able to do it. Not, I'm, I'm just not, I don't have what it takes. Uh, I don't know that I can live up to the expectation that comes with that, whatever it might be. Or the third alternative is, what about just accepting it and embracing your purpose? Accept your purpose from God. Embrace your purpose for God. And let God, man, just take you on a wild adventure. He will take you places you didn't think you could ever go, go to, and, and He could take you through some places you didn't ever think you could ever make it through. But when we accept it and we embrace it, here's how we can deal with the pressure that comes with God's purpose. We need to invite Him 
in and all the help he brings. Because whatever God calls you to, he will also help you with. That's the guarantee. The eternal promise of God, I will never leave you, I will never abandon you, I will never forsake you. And so, whatever God calls us to, he will help us with. Psalm 139, David. David prayed this prayer of what I called no pressure. The prayer of no pressure. It's how he was dealing with his pressure. I I, I read a couple different angles on this particular psalm. One, a few scholars say he wrote this, David wrote this at a time when he was a shepherd boy. He was the youngest of all his brothers. and He was watching over his entire father's flock. All of it. Massive. Jesse from Bethlehem. Massive flock of sheep all over the countryside, all over the wilderness. And David was in charge of it. Pretty hefty responsibility. The same David who, who talked about later in his life when he, faced the Goliath, when he faced Goliath the giant and he was talking to uh, some people in the background saying, "You look, you know, I used to take care of my father's sheep. Um, and, and here's what would happen. A bear would come after them. A lion would come after them. And I would go after the bear or the lion with my bare hands. That's what he meant when he was taking care of his father's sheep. He was a protector of those sheep. He knew what pasture to take them to, lead them in. He knew what streams to guide them to. And so he either prayed that, this, kind, this prayer when he was in the middle of, 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 of that huge responsibility of taking care of his father's sheep and facing the bears and facing the lions. Or it was also said from another scholar that he wrote this or he prayed this prayer when he became the king over all of Israel. So either way it falls, he prayed this at a time where he was feeling pressure. Anybody ever feel pressure? Come on, let's get honest, saints. Anybody ever feel pressure? Sometimes, you know, we, we feel the pressure of providing for our family. We feel the pressure of being there for somebody else. We feel the pressure of coming through with that deadline for our, for our boss or, or whatever it might be. The pressure to, um, to, to do well on a test. The pressure to do well in a performance. The pressure to say the right thing in a very trying time. The pressure. David was feeling the pressure of his purpose. And Psalm 139 is broken into three sections which highlights three great attributes of God. That is, the attribute of of God is omniscient. The attribute of God is, is omnipresent. And the attribute of God is omnipotent. All knowing, all present, and all powerful. And David writes this. Let's look at this in Psalm 139. You guys with me today? All right. Talking about dealing with pressure, praying the prayer of no pressure. This is a prayer that we'll come back to time and time again in our life. Verses 1 through 6, David acknowledges God is omniscient, the all-knowing one. He says, Lord, I'm in this midst of pressure right now. I'm feeling it. But you know everything there is to know about me. You laugh at my jokes. You get me? 
get my quirkiness, you get my style, whatever it is. You know all there is to know about me. He says, you perceive every movement of my heart and my soul. As you understand my every thought before it even enters my mind. What? See, God knew I was going to say that. You are so intimately aware of me, Lord. You read my heart like an open book. And you know all the words I'm about to speak. Even before I start a sentence. You know every step I will take before my journey even begins. Since you've gone into my future to prepare the way, and in kindness you follow behind me to spare me from the harm of my past. Come on, somebody. Anybody ever make mistakes? Yeah. With your hand, he says, your hand of love upon my life, you impart a blessing to me. David starts this prayer out, this prayer of no pressure, by acknowledging God is omniscient. He's all-knowing. He's like, God, you know everything there is to know about me. You, <clears throat> you see me right where I'm at, whether I'm taking care of the sheep or I'm taking care of your people. You see me where I'm at. You see me right here in my marriage. You see me right here in my relationship. You see me right here in my job. You see me right here in my adolescence. You see me right here in this predicament that I'm in, this pressure, this purpose that you have called me to, to serve you, to give you glory in, and to honor you with how I live. And you know all there is to know about me. You know everything about me. You know what I think, you know what I'm about to say, you know where I might take my next step. You, you, you've gone into the future and settled some things for me. You've gone up, you followed up behind me, you cleaned up my mess. Anybody enjoy cleaning up messes? Especially if you've got little ones going around. All you do is like 99% of my day, it's like I'm cleaning up messes. You sit down to take a breather and somebody spills something. You're like, oh, I just sat down. I just sat down. I was just going to have my coffee and relax for 30 seconds at least, and there's a mess. could be as simple as that or even bigger, whatever. God is cleaning up. God's like, I wish you'd just let me chill for a minute. All I do is clean up messes. And he's like, you know all there is to know about me. Then he's like, verse 6 pops up and he says, I, I get it. I get it. I, I don't know everything, but you do. And he said, this is just too wonderful, too deep, and too incomprehensible. Your, your understanding of me brings me wonder and strength. How about that? We just want people to understand me. I just wish you would understand where I'm coming from, right? Anybody ever getting arguments like that? Anybody ever getting disagreements like that? I just wish you knew what I had to go through. I, if you just knew the kind of day I had, you would not treat me like this. Not Sydney, because she doesn't do that. Maybe James. If you just knew what I had to do. That was just on the way to drop the kids off at school. You know about that, right? You just don't understand. And David's like, 
But God, I can't say that about you. You get me. You understand me. So who do we talk more to? People or to the Lord? It's not that we shouldn't talk to people. People are good, all of those things. But the one who perfectly, 100%, all the time gets us, understands us, knows us through and through is God. And David's like, if I'm going to serve you in this purpose that you've called me to do, if I'm going to fulfill my purpose you have for me on this earth, and by the way, in the book of Acts, it says David fulfilled his purpose to his generation. It was testified hundreds of years later, looking back on David, David fulfilled his purpose for which God created him for in his generation for which he lived. He's like, if I'm going to do that, God, then I'm going to have to just resign to the fact that you get me and I'm going to embrace the fact that you get me. I don't understand all the things you have and what you want to do with me, but I get the fact that I just can't, you get me. You're omniscient. You're om- you, you, you know everything there is to know. It blows my mind. I, I mean, it's too wonderful, too deep, too incomprehensible. You're understanding of me now. I get it. When I, when I just embrace the fact that you know me, God, you know everything there is to know, it brings me strength. It actually brings us strength when we just let go and fall into God's arms. <sighs> Because there will be times in our purpose that we don't know what to do, right? But God does. God does. In fact, he had James write down, James 1, if you need wisdom, ask God to give it to you, and he will give it to you. James 1, 5. I cannot tell you how many times over the last 30 years I have asked God for wisdom. I'm like, I just don't know what to do. I need wisdom, Lord. I need some wisdom. I don't know what to do in this situation. I need wisdom. And lo and behold, He's always given me the step to take. It might be through something I had learned prior, or it might be through something I read. It might be through a conversation. It might just be just sitting still and getting quiet and waiting for God to speak to me and let me know what he has to say about the matter. Whatever it is, he will give you the wisdom you need. Then in verse, the second part here, David acknowledges God is omnipresent. All present God. Verse 7, he says, In this time of pressure, God, where could I go from your spirit? Where could I run and hide from your face? If I go up to heaven, you're there. If I go down to the realm of the dead, you're there too. Oh, how about if I fly with wings into the shining dawn, you're there. If I fly into the radiant sunset, you're there waiting. David's like, okay. You are everywhere. There is not a place I can go that you aren't there already. You are there already. I get it. He goes on in verse 12. He says, I'm going to embrace the fact that that you are everywhere. 
that, that you know everything and you are everywhere. He says, wherever I go, wherever I go, your hand will guide me. And your strength will overpower me. We're talking about God in a relationship with a person. That David, feeling the pressure and acknowledging, okay, if I'm going to make it, if I'm going to do it, if I'm going to be fruitful, I'm going to be successful at this, I just have to embrace the fact that, God, you are everywhere. And when I do, your hand will guide me. Your hand will guide me. Your strength will overpower me. Walking through the parking lot of a busy store yesterday, I had my littlest one with me. Get out of the car to walk towards the store, and it's pretty busy. A lot of cars going around, and she's bebopping around. I was like, stay close to me. Actually, just hold my hand. Just hold my hand. So my hand is guiding her. Obviously, she, she could probably figure out where the store entrance was, but not paying attention to the dangers around. My hand, as her father, guiding her safely, and thankfully I didn't lose her in the store, guiding, me, guiding her safely in. That's what David is saying. God, your hand will guide me because let's just face it, we don't always realize the perils and the dangers and the traps around us. We, don't, we really don't know how many times God has saved our butt. Did I say I said that? God has saved us, right? We don't really know how many times God has come up behind us and like, Oop, I just saved you and you didn't even know it, right? It's kind of like parents sometimes who come up behind our kids, they don't even know the stuff we have saved them from. Having a clue. They just know they're still alive, they're still breathing, they still got food, they got a bed they sleep in. Right? Wake up the next day, all is good in my neighborhood. Don't even know, we just saved them. Right? Same with us and God. His hand will guide His hand will guide, and he will strengthen us. Then he says, it's impossible to disappear from you or to ask the darkness to hide me from your presence because it's everywhere. You bring light into my night. That's good. You bring light into my night. I've read that like a hundred times this week. You bring light into my night. It just stuck out to me. You bring light into my night. Anybody like to sleep with night lights? Don't raise your hand. God is literally our night light. You bring light into my night. There is no such thing as darkness with you. He's talking about God. He says, the night to you is as bright as the day. There's no, there's no difference between the two. <clears throat> no matter how dark our life might get at, in times and in seasons, and even in the middle of serving the Lord, life can still get dark. There is no darkness with God. If we have invited God in for his help, we recognize his omnipresence with us, and he is there with us no matter what. And David acknowledges that. David embraces that. And David is dealing with his, and trying to serve God and his purpose that God has put him in. I'm trying to be patient here, Lord. I'm trying to do right here. I'm trying to make the right decisions. And and the whole time he's acknowledging, 
your hand will guide me. Because there will be times in our purpose that we will not know where to go. But God does. Doesn't mean we vacate our purpose. Doesn't mean we abandon our purpose. Just means that we need to seek the Lord in the midst of the purpose for the pressure that we're feeling. Because there are times in our purpose where we just won't know where to go. Jesus tells us this in John 14. He writes down, preparing the disciples, hey, I'm about to go, but the Father's going to send another helper to you, the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, who will not just be with you, but who will live in you. And the Holy Spirit who helps you will lead you into all truth. He will lead us into all truth. The Holy Spirit will never misdirect us if we listening. Amen. If we listening. The Holy Spirit will never guide us wrong. The Holy Spirit knows what to do. And then lastly, verse 13, David acknowledges God as omnipotent, as all-powerful. And he comes from an angle of this in verse 13. He says, you're perfect in your, in your power because he says, you formed my innermost being, <clears throat> shaping my delicate inside and my intricate outside. That's one way to describe ourselves. I am delicate on the inside and intricate on the outside. <laughs> He says, and you wove them all together in my mother's womb, and I thank you, God, for making me so mysteriously complex. That's another, another excuse we can use when someone doesn't get us. We can just say, God made me so mysteriously complex. You're just going to have to deal with it. <laughs> Everything you do is marvelously breathtaking. It simply amazes me to think about it. How thoroughly you know me, Lord. He says, you even formed every bone in my body when you created me in the secret place, carefully and skillfully shaping me from nothing to something. David's acknowledging God in the midst of his pressure as omnipotent, all-powerful, as God is perfect in his power. God does not make mistakes. Another way to say that is you are fearfully and wonderfully made. In the image of God. And David's like, okay, you made me, whether he's in the position of caring for the sheep or whether he has now become king, you made me for this. You made me for this. And he goes on, he says in verse 16, he says, you saw who you created me to be before I became me. Before I'd ever seen the light of day, the number of days you planned for me were already recorded in your book. It says, every single moment you were thinking of me, how precious and wonderful to consider that you cherish me constantly in your every thought. This is God David's talking about. And God, he says, your desires toward me are more than the grains of sand on every seashore. The next time you wonder, is anybody thinking of me? Does anybody have a mindset about my existence? Does anybody remotely care 
who I am and what I'm going through, David described God's thoughts towards him are more than the grains of sand on every seashore. Anybody care to take, take a stab at how, many, how much sand that is? I have no idea. But I know who knows the, how much sand is on every seashore. Capital G-O-D. And he even knows how much hair we have on our head. Every part, he knows. David's like, all right. You made me. You made me this way. You know everything about me. You know what I'm good at, what I'm not good at, what I'm skilled for, what I'm not skilled for. You put me in this place, this purpose. (coughs) I'm just going to embrace this because here's what happens. We put so much pressure on ourselves, or we allow others to put so much pressure on ourselves, or we allow the the enemy to put so much pressure on ourselves. And God and David shows us we can pray a prayer of no pressure and let God deal with it and let God take the will, let God lead, let God guide and all those things because there are times in our purpose where we will lack the ability or we will think we lack the ability to even fulfill the purpose for which God has us here for. There will be times in our purpose where we think, I don't have what it takes. There will be times in our purpose where we'll feel so inadequate, so unsure about it. But God's Spirit in us can help us fulfill it. Paul wrote in Romans 8 that the same Spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead is the same Spirit that lives on the inside of you. So, David concludes here, and he's... He concludes to the fact of God's omniscience, God's omnipresence, and God's omnipotence that the purpose of a relationship that God wants with us is to show who He is and to show us how much we need Him, while at the same time to show us that the purpose He has us for, when we have a relationship with Him, the one who is omniscient, the one who is omnipresent, the one who is omnipotent. We aren't those things. I don't know any person who's omniscient. There's not one person out of seven billion on this planet who's omnipresent. Because Marvel and all that stuff, yeah, that ain't real. I know, right? It's fun to watch. I don't know one person who's omnipotent, who's all-powerful. But if we are in a relationship with the one who is omniscient and and omnipresent and and omnipotent, if we're in a relationship with him, God, guess what? That changes everything about our life. We aren't those attributes, but God God is those. God is those attributes. He is that. That changes everything there is to know about life. Because with him in us, it might not make us those things, but it, it, we acknowledge of the fact of who he is, that he is that. And he concludes it with this sealed part, verse 23. David resigns to the fact, okay, God, there are times where 
I don't know what to do. There are times where I don't know where to go. There are times where I don't feel like I can actually do this. But I'm trusting that you can. And he prays this in verse 23. He says, so God, I invite your searching gaze into my heart. Examine me through and through. Find out everything that may be hidden within me. Because sometimes, folks, there are things hidden in us that we just aren't aware of and that we need to be humble enough to pray, God, examine me. Because the way to not feel the pressure or to let the pressure reign and rule over us is to be humble before God and to say, God, find out everything there is. Put me to the test and sift through all my anxious cares. See if there is any path of pain I'm walking on and lead me back to your glorious everlasting ways, the path that brings me back to you. David is praying, I don't want there to be anything in me that could keep me from fulfilling my purpose in God. David was praying, I don't want to live a life of offense towards God, but rather a life of obedience towards God. He says, God, put me on that path. Keep me on that path. So when we are feeling pressure, and we all will, there's a way we can pray and acknowledge these attributes of our God. He is all-knowing. He is all-present. And He is all-powerful. Let me pray with you. If you're able to stand to your feet, we will close out today. Praying this prayer is a prayer that we've been given the treasure of, the blessing of, to to be able to pray whenever we're dealing with pressure, whenever we're going through it and we feel it. So if you've got pressure, you've felt pressure lately, it applies. You will face pressure in the future. It applies. Let me pray with you today. Lord, I thank you so much for your people. I pray today that you will bless us with this revelation, God, of who you are. That we would be reminded in our days and our weeks ahead that we may not know everything, but you do. We're not able to be everywhere, but you can. And we not, may not have all the power and the strength, but you have. You do. We, re, we, we acknowledge those things. And like David, we embrace that about you. Because you, the relationship that you have with us and that we have with you, relying on you in that way will ensure that we will fulfill the purpose for which we were created. Pray you will bless us in that this week. Seal that word in our heart. Help each and every one of us 
walk it out in great faithfulness and obedience, Lord. For you are with us and you are for us. In Jesus' name, amen.